0: Ladies and gentlemen, this is Doctor Zom. Um, I decided to do another show for you guys. See if I can get on here and coax myself into recording another show. And um, gotta pick my socks up off the floor here. I need to clean my house a little bit, but I'm getting a little bit lazy and like a day's about cleaning the house. Um you know, losing motivation, losing uh, all sense of time and space. I don't care. <laughs> it's my day off after a long, long week. Um I'm pretty much sitting in the air conditioning with Mary. And uh, we were watching a movie. Uh, I came home and slept a little bit. And then, um, well, we went for a walk first. And then, uh, um, went or took a little nap and uh, woke up. Finished a movie that I was watching uh, that I wanted to, you know, add or review on the show. Uh, And. Oh, let's see, what did I do? Some people got some pizza at work and I got to take some of that home. So Mary got some pizza. I got some pizza because I was hungry on the way home. So I ate the toppings off of one of the pieces. It was really good, but I didn't have anything to drink. Uh, So even though I was really hungry, I almost stopped to get uh, something to to wash this down with. But uh, I did not, I wanted to get home to the child So I could take her for a walk because the last couple of days we didn't go for a walk uh, because I was tired. And I thought I was going to go to the DACA tour yesterday to get my carotid artery checked. And they canceled on me, basically. They called I don't know how many times uh, the day before saying, you know, we wanted to confirm your appointment. And I don't get up. I work midnight, so I don't get up until like you know, 9 o'clock at night, and I was like, saw the messages, and I was like, well, there's no reason to call, I already have an appointment, and they're not open now, and so when I got home in the morning, um, my actual doctor had called me at like 7, 10 in the morning, and I called him back, and he answered, so I don't know if he was at the hospital, or if he was at home, he was like, yes, we wanted to confirm your uh, your appointment, and I was like, well, yeah, I'm coming, you know, I said, I work midnights, and I didn't get your messages and he goes well i called you this morning i said i know i just got home i just saw the saw the message and uh well we uh have um uh somebody else uh, we we couldn't get a hold of you to, to confirm your to uh, your appointment and uh we can do this other guy but i said well you know if you want to if you want to you know uh postpone or reschedule that's fine with me you know I'm not a great thrill or not a big deal for me to come you know was, and he goes so let me call you back I got I'm going to get a hold of this other guy and see if he's you know and he called me back and he goes yeah he goes uh, if it would be okay can we reschedule so it was basically I don't know what was going on but they wanted to reschedule and I've never had them before an appointment just call me over and over and over and say you know we want to uh confirm your appointment I mean, I made the fucking appointment. It was only two weeks ago. I'm coming. And if you don't hear from me, I'm I'm coming. I'm coming. Dropping fucking loads. Um, that would be funny to be Nick Manning. I don't know why, but it would be funny. If you don't know who Nick Manning is, and you can just fast forward through this part. Dropping fucking loads. I don't know, though. I don't know if I would be that verbose. Uh, during the act of love, uh, to um, you know, scream, dropping fucking loads, and uh, what cunt. Whet! I heard him on, I think, like Howard Stern or something like that, and he said he does all that just as like a to be funny, you know, when when he's screaming out uh, the things that he he screams out while he's um, making love. <laughs> is that making love um so anyway i'm trying to think anything else that's uh not not a lot going on i've just been kind of staying to myself just kind of hanging out um and i just had a little bit of lunch which was what a spicy chicken sandwich that i made myself with some greens and some uh I don't know if that's soy or some kind of tofu, soy, cheese-like substance. Smoked cheese, but it's not cheese. And uh, it was pretty good. And I had a couple of onion rings, which my stomach will be hurting soon. And I will then complain online that, uh, why did I eat those onion rings? Uh, but they were all right. Um, so anyway. I did watch some movies, quite a few. Like I said, I, I, um, in the last episode, uh, getting out of those series even if i'm just even if i'm just ditching them right even if they're good and i'm ditching them in the middle i I would rather watch movies and have a beginning and an end than uh be you know stuck watching you know four or five of these series or more and you have no end in sight and it just goes on and on and on like i said even if they're good you're, it, it, you're so tied down, then, you know, you have to try, you're just trying to keep up and everything. And, and then all, you know, your friends are saying, hey, did you watch uh, Clone Wars or uh, Bad Batch or this or that? And, and I'm like, dude, <laughs> you guys talked me into watching these series and it's cutting into my movie time, baby. Nice cold water. Um, so anyway, um, I figured uh, why not uh, record a show and then I at least will have accomplished something today because I don't want to mow because it's kind of hot out and um, you know I can do that tomorrow or whenever I do a little bit here and there and the motorcycle it's kind of kind of hot out so again I don't want to I like to wear some gear so in case you know I would happen to, Take a spill, I will be protected. But when it's really hot out, it kind of sucks. Um, but I I was um, talking about the other day. Uh, I'm trying to think why. I think I posted a picture of Martin Sheen shooting a football along the along the road, and I just started thinking about Badlands. And um, I did not I did not watch it here recently, but um, I just brought it up because. I watched this the first time that it was shown on network TV with my parents. And I think it was about, like, 10 fucking years. It came out in 73, and I believe that it was, you know, almost like 10 years later. uh, And it was one of those movies I've said before on the show that it used to kind of almost creep you out a little bit or make you feel weird when they would be showing commercials for, you know, the Sunday night movie on ABC or something like that. And it would say, you know, viewer discretion advised, you know, that this film is for mature audiences. So even if they would um, cut it up uh, and, you know, you'd have commercials and stuff like that, uh, it would still, I think it was because of the violent uh, content and, and things like that. Uh, because Badlands really doesn't have, you know, like um, over the top bad language or anything in it. And at that time, um, in the 70s and the, you know, early, mid-early 80s, and, and you know, probably even probably all through the 80s, it, TV started getting a little bit more of network TV where they would say words that they normally wouldn't say. I remember when it was a big deal to hear on network TV in True Grit when John Wayne would say, fill your hands, you son of a bitch. Uh, and, um, you know, we, we would always, like, laugh, or if they showed, like, a Dirty Harry movie and and he would say something like that. Or, you know, when you're a little kid, if they would even say, hell or damn, you know, you'd be like, oh, my God, ooh, shit. <laughs> but... Um, then it started getting a little bit more loose i'm not sure i i I remember like on nypd blue and stuff they i think they showed dennis franz bare ass and they've gotten to i don't watch that much network tv anymore That that you know uh but i think they've gotten a lot more loose with you know saying shit or or uh you know bullshit or something like that um but I, I don't know, like, the seven words that George Carlin always talked about. I'm not sure how far they've went, if they've ever said, you know, the F-bomb or, or uh, you know, the, you know, or <laughs> poop or, uh, you know, fart or, I'm not even sure. I don't even know if they f- have ever farted, uh, I think I remember that when they showed Blazing Saddles on TV that they still did the fart gag in that, which, you know, my parents and we all did. We thought it was so hilarious, Uh, which it was pretty fucking funny. Uh, And, and, you know, to just to just to be honest, I was watching on YouTube uh, hot chicks farting, uh, which it's strangely it's not as funny. As you know, when, when they have just videos of people, you know, accidentally farting or they're laying by their husband on a couch or they walk by somebody and cut a big fart, it's not that's f- funny. But when it's like a hot chick and she's bending over and she's doing it and it's like some kind of sexual fetish, it takes all the funny out of it for me. <laughs> I mean, number one, I don't want to see a hot chick fart, and number two, um, I don't find, you know, farting uh, any kind of um, erotic thing. Like, you know, some of these women, you know, I, I don't know if it's like a submissive thing or something like that where the, apparently guys like for these women to do that to them. Because on the, even on the YouTube video, they're like, get in there and smell it. Oh, you know, you love it and all of a sudden. And you're like, what the fuck's this shit? I just want to see somebody walking through the mall and farting. Then the people laugh, you know. I like fun. I like fun. Um, so anyway, uh, Badlands, of course, was uh, written and directed by Terrence Malick. And a um, small cast in it. Actually, Terrence Malick is actually in the movie. He has a small part in it as uh, one of the victims. Uh, the main uh, people, main character is Kit, who is... Um, Martin Sheen plays Kit, and Sissy Spacek plays Holly. And then, of course, you have Warren Oates, um, who, you know, in our circles, and just probably, I don't know if everybody, but I know in our circles, he's like on the Mount Rushmore of uh, something. That'd be funny if they put Mount, uh, on the actual Mount Rushmore, if they put, uh, chiseled out uh, a carving or a statue, whatever you call it, a bust, a giant bust of Warren Oates, or like at the Crazy Horse one that they're doing now, if they put Warren Oates up there. I don't know why they would, but Um, other people, Emilio Estevez. Oh, I did not know he was in this. He must have been a child at the time. Uh, Emilio Estevez and Charlie Sheen are apparently in, or Carlos Estevez, Carlos Danger, are in... Uh, badlands and they are uncredited as a uh, boy under lamppost both of them um you have uh alan Vint is in this and he plays one of the i think i don't know if it's like a marshal or a Sh- texas ranger or what that uh is uh you know helps catch kit uh but he was a fa- they well sort of a famous um a brother duo of actors Alan and Jesse vent uh, Jesse and Alan and Jesse vent were in uh Macon County line that Max Bear jr directed and Alan vent uh, uh, no Jesse vent was in a movie and I can't remember what it was called it was a where he played a stunt man who it was like an action movie he was a, a you know a stunt man who gets in trouble with I can't remember if he got in trouble with the law or something, but you know uh, he had to use his skills as a stuntman to take somebody down. Uh, I can't remember what that one was called, though. but Alan Vent, uh, he was also in um, Welcome Home Soldier Boys with um, uh, what's his face, Joe Don Baker, and Paul Koslow was also one of the guys in there uh alan was also in lady in red uh which was that the one with uh nancy drew yeah pamela sue martin who was nancy drew on the tv show they used to have uh nancy drew and um the hardy boys one week it would be the hardy boys which was um sean cassidy and parker stevenson and then the next week it would be nancy drew it'd be like little you know young people detective movies um And also in um, Lady in Red, I remember this was a big thing because Nancy Drew, of course, was based on those you know teen books uh, about like Nancy Drew, the the teen detective or whatever. And Pamela Sue Martin, it was kind of like Miley Cyrus when she was Hannah Montana, and then she wanted to break out and become more of an adult star. Or Alyssa Milano, she was on that show, the you know kid show, and then. She did the, um, the Vampire movie, whatever that one was called, where she showed her boobs and uh, did nudity in a threesome with a vampire and a vampire chick, I think. Uh, Robert Conrad in this, uh, well, what I was going to say is Pamela Sue Martin wanted to break out the Nancy Drew um, kind of kid character, wholesome kid character kind of a thing. Uh, sort of like Mary Ellen on uh, The Waltons. She posed for Playboy because she wanted to get more of an adult image. And so Pamela Sue Martin did The Lady in Red. And it was based on the whole John Dillinger thing where when he was killed, he was with the, the quote-unquote Lady in Red outside of movie theater, and the, the uh, FBI came to, came to get him. And Robert Conrad plays John Dillinger. And Robert Conrad, of course, was Jim West on The Wild Wild West. And he was Murph the Surf and uh. Uh, Pappy Boyington and Baba Black Sheep. Uh, there was another movie that we reviewed on the show that was, it was like a kind of a karate action movie that was pretty good. And I really liked it um, with Robert Conrad. I had never heard of it before. Let's see, there's Murph the Surf. It's probably on. Uh, well, I know it's on here. It's IMDb, by God. By God. Uh what was that called? Uh even recording the show was it was fun. We had fun. Was it Samurai Cowboy? I don't think so. That's 1994. No, that's that's when he was old. The one I'm talking about was he was a lot younger and it was made in not the Philippines but um wrong, no, not wrong as right. God damn it! now where in the hell is that? I can't just come across it really quickly so I, I don't uh, sound like a, uh, a douche. Sudden Death, maybe? No? What's that? Sudden Death. That's him and Don Stroud who... Yeah, that's it. That's it. Okay. Because Don Stroud was the bad guy. Felton Perry was Robert Conrad's partner in this. And um, he was also the guy that played Obra in the first uh walking tall movie with Joe Don Baker. But this was a pretty good movie. I'm gonna have to I'm gonna have to look it up and I'll post it again uh the episode that we did because it was I'd like to listen to that one again too. It was pretty good. Uh when Ed Nielsen's entire family is viciously murdered. Of course that's Robert Conrad. He pleads uh with retired CIA operative Duke no Duke Smith is Robert Conrad. Ed Nielsen must have been Felton Perry and is viciously murdered uh, he pleads with retired CIA operative Duke Smith to investigate. He refuses, but uh, relents after Nielsen too uh, meets an ex- uh, explosive death. Well, it wasn't Felton Perry because he was in the whole fucking movie with Robert Conrad. But it was a pretty good movie, and it was it was actually made in the Philippines. So I remembered. Whee! Who else is in this fucker? And why am I getting so sidetracked when I only have two hours? Uh, Felton Perry, Thayer David. I've seen him in a lot of stuff. He, I think, played um, in the Iger Sanction with Clint Eastwood. He was the albino uh, guy that hired uh, Jonathan Hemlock to climb the Iger and take out Uh, another agent. But he didn't know who it was. That was a good movie. So anyway, that's uh, Robert Conrad. And Louise Fletcher was also in um, The Lady in Red. Uh, let's see, who else we have here? Dick Miller, Christopher Lloyd, um, <clears throat> Alan Vint, uh, plays Melvin Purvis. That's why I was actually talking about this. God damn it. Uh, but this one was kind of a, it was a pretty good movie, but I just remember when I was a kid, when we first got HBO and they showed it on HBO, uh, my friends saying how it was, you know, what we considered dirty because the uh uh polly franklin the pamela sue martin character was a prostitute and she was in a whorehouse and that's how she met john dillinger and uh there was one scene where she uh had just had sex with a john uh in the whorehouse and the another guy came in to have sex with her and she said something like uh Hold your horses, honey. And she went and squatted over a wash, like a wash pan or, and, and uh, took a bottle of like Coke and shook it up and squirted it up in her hoo-ha uh, to apparently, I don't know if they thought that, well, I don't know, some, some form of douche. <laughs> this show is really uh, not for kids. John Sayles wrote that. That's pretty cool. I like John Sayles. He was the one that did Matewan. Um, really good movie. And Lone Star. Uh, directed by Louis Teague. What did he do? Oh, hell. I should have watched this movie. I'm practically fucking reviewing it. Uh, Louis Teague also did... Um, let's see. I want to get director here. Make sure I didn't... Uh, Cujo. Cat's Eye. Alligator. That was Robert Forrester. And Silva, I believe. Uh, Dirty O'Neill now that Dirty O'Neill is a movie that I found on YouTube that I had never heard of and uh, it's pretty good if you get a chance I don't know if it's still on there or not um, it was directed by Leon uh, Campitanos and Louis Teague and it was written by Leon Campitanos stars Morgan Paul and that comes into play because I watched another movie with Morgan Paul in it uh, this week and um, but this is a low-budget kind of a drive-in movie about a uh, small-town cop who is, you know, a real coxman. Like, he goes around and he's got, like, uh, married ladies and stuff all over town. And uh, uh, a police officer has very little work uh, as there is virtually no crime in his small California town until three hoodlums appear and rape a young woman. Uh, but Morgan Paul was the guy who played Holden in Blade Runner, and again, I watched another movie, and I'll tell you here in just a little bit uh, what he was in. But this is a pretty good movie if you haven't seen it. 1974 is Dirty O'Neill O uh, apostrophe N-E-I-L. Um, I really enjoyed it. And what's that chick's name? She was also in. Um, uh, she was in Longest Yard with uh, Burt Reynolds. I think that might be. Where's her fucking picture? There's a lot of a lot of '70s like kind of you know when when I say '70s hot chicks that are '70s hot. Is that Jean Mace Manson? No, that chick was in ten. It might be that chick was in 10 to midnight i know that the one was in uh what's it call it longest yard longest yard where the hell is she at god damn it tell me i'm not gonna have to look up longest yard longest yard this is not gonna be a very good show i didn't think the last show was very good and then i listened to it and i was laughing so i don't know I think that's probably kind of a little bit narcissistic, but sometimes I think it's kind of funny. The show, oh, Bernard, it wasn't. Bern- oh, uh, Anitra Ford, I believe. Maybe that's who it is. Yeah, because she's in, she's in the other one too. She was also in the Big Bird Cage, um, uh, of course, Starsky and Hutch episode, big deal. Messiah of Evil, I'm not sure I saw that. She's a lot of TV shows. Um, The Love Machine. Who was in The Love Machine? I'm just a love man. Oh, John Philip Law. I like him. Uh, Robert Ryan and Diane Cannon. I'm gonna have to check this out. That's one thing on IMDb. um, When you start going down the rabbit hole, there's a lot of like early seventies, like from probably like seventy to seventy-five. There's a lot of movies that were kind of maybe cheap, low-budget drive-in movies that have just fallen off the face of the earth that uh, aren't in print or anything, and then you'll find them on YouTube or something, or even if they're not, you've you've like this one here, I don't know I, I don't know, maybe I have seen this I don't know, uh, directed by Jack Haley Jr., uh, written by Jacqueline Suzanne I know who she is, and like Shecky this must be a comedy, of course, because like Shecky Green's in it um I always liked John Philip Law. He was kind of a wooden actor, but I grew up, you know, watching a lot of his, him in a lot of movies. Uh, Jackie Cooper, Maureen Arthur. Diane Cannon was always hot. I liked her in um, Seamus with uh, Burt Reynolds. Uh, Let's see here. So we found out who that chick was. By goodness. Oh, love, American style. Truer than the red, white, and blue love american style did she die young no i think she's still alive 1942 but it's she stopped acting in 1977 but she was the one at the beginning of longest yard that burt reynolds was screwing that was like a rich woman and he was like her stud and uh he's kind of smacked her around and stole her maserati and then drove it into the ocean i guess and you know, that's one thing I never, I, I, I wouldn't say I never noticed, but like there's just like a movie poster here for Longest Yard and it's pretty small. And Of course, Burt Reynolds has a pair of super tight pants on and his big old dong is fucking all camel knuckled up. But he has a great big scar. Of course, he was he had a hairy chest and the hair that ran on his stomach and everything. But he has a great big scar that runs from like his belly button almost up to his um, uh, solar plexus. And I saw that in another, I think it was when he got older. He did a, a photo shoot for uh, National Enquirer and he um, didn't have, I think, I don't think he had his wig on. He was completely bald. He wanted to see what it would look like or do some kind of a photo thing. And he was like, bo- like striking boxing poses. And at the time he was probably like 60 or something, but he was still in fairly diff- decent shape. And, um, but you could see that big scar. And again, I've seen that on some other stuff too. So I don't know what that is. If it was a gallbladder thing or appendix or, or what, I don't think it was appendix because that usually would go. The old ones were really bad. I have one and it just goes straight across. You can't even see it. It's real thin. Uh, but I know like my dad's gallbladder scar is like really goes all the way across his stomach and everything. But so anyway, that's Burt Reynolds. He a score. Robert Aldrich did, um, whatchamacallit? Longest Yard. Uh, yeah, yeah, back to the lady in red. Let's get back where we need to be. Dirty O'Neill. Watch that movie if you get a check. Yes, it's probably is on, well, let's see here. We got it on, uh, uh Prime Video. It's on. Uh, it might be on Prime. It says, watch on Epix. E-P-I-X. With Prime Video Channel. So it's probably one of those ones that'll float around there. And and even like on Prime, that's that's one of those ones that nobody's ever heard of. So it's not like it's going to be held up to... Uh, it'll be on, if you have Prime, probably you'll be able to watch it for free. Dirty O'Neill. I like that movie. Uh let's see, Lady in Red. We already talked about that. Oh, we were talking about the uh, director of Lady in Red. And he, I'm honest to God, Louis Teague. For some reason, I couldn't. Place him, but he's done a lot of shit that I've seen. Uh, Alligator, of course, again, Fighting Back, that was Tom Skerritt. It was kind of like a, Jim uh, Michael Vincent did one, too, where he went to, he uh, was a merchant marine and on layover, and he was in this neighborhood in New York, and there was a gang that was, you know, terrorizing the people, so he helped him out. And I think Fighting Back was the one with Tom's. yeah, Tom Skerritt. Uh, it all. Michael Sarazin is in this. I think Luca Brazzi, who was um, no, no, no. He was in the Jam Michael Vincent movie. Um, uh, Lenny Montana. He played a, an ex-boxer who was like brain damaged. But this one, I remember they uh, there was like a bunch of sort of like a Death Wish kind of a thing where there was a bunch of scumbags going around robbing and stuff, and they broke into if I remember uh correctly they broke into i think tom scarrett's mother's house and one of the gr- one of the really violent things that they did at the time where you were like oh my god yeah this is really a violent movie is they um she had i think it was her wedding ring or something engagement ring or wedding ring she was like a senior citizen and they cut her finger off with a pair of um, uh, clippers and so then he's gonna get revenge kind of like i said like paul kersey and uh in uh, Death Wish. Michael Cera uh, Pat Cooper is in this, if you watch Howard Stern, or, you know, old comedians. Um, Yafet Koto. Uh, so, anyway, that was one I have not seen in forever. They used to show it on HBO. 1982. It's a hard crime story about a Philadelphia shop owner uh, who has had enough of criminal violence and ravages. He organizes a patrol of... <coughs> <coughs> Organize a uh, patrol of civilian people it all starts to go wrong because his team's actions are taken as racial discrimination well that's kind of a different take hmm. so fighting back Cujo, cat's eye jewel of the nile uh navy seals which i just watched uh, and i think reviewed on the show a few months ago when i find when i did a show uh what else did he do here wedlock i don't know. Oh, is that the one? I think that's the one with Rutger Hauer where they put the um, things around. They're in prison and they put the things around their necks. And if they get too far away from the person that they're paired off with, their heads will explode. So they don't have like a fence or anything. That um, uh, is Mimi Rogers with her big boobies. Joan Chen. Uh, James Remar. I just watched something with him in it. I'm sure. Well. Okay, yeah, I remember what it is, so it'll come up here in just a few minutes. Uh, let's see, who else? here. Uh, that was, I think, that one was actually a made-for-HBO movie, if I remember correctly. Wedlock. Uh, 1991, rated R for Pussy. Uh, let's see, T-Bone and Weasel, that's a TV show. Then he started just doing TV stuff, so maybe something... Maybe after some... He... It seemed like he had several movies there that were probably commercial successes. But uh, he just started on TV after Wedlock. And like I said, that was HBO, so maybe they, they some of them might have even considered that to be TV. He was second unit director on Death Race 2000. That's pretty impressive. <laughs> Dig it. Let's get off of uh, Louis Teague and Lady in Red. Didn't even watch it, and I've talked about it more than I'm talking about anything else here. Uh, but anyway, Badlands. Um, I really liked uh, this movie. Like I said, I saw it when I was a little kid, probably not even a little kid, but you know, in, like in high school, junior high, high school. And um, it's based on the uh, Charles Starkweather murders. Uh, they were him and Carol Ann Fugate were uh, spree killers uh, back in the I think 50s, early maybe early 60s, but I think it was a. Uh, I read a couple of books about him, I, and most of that was just because I was so intrigued by this movie, and how when they were on the run, and you know, they hid out in the woods and everything, and she was, re- uh, Carol Ann Fugate, who is the character of Holly, this is this is like loosely based on them, it's not the exact story, but it, it goes along, like the the murders and stuff like that are pretty, you know, close to being the same, and uh warren oates is really good in this as uh, holly's father um and i just really liked it I, i for some reason it just you know when you're a kid you you don't you can't i don't think you can process as much uh as far as you know murderers and uh these like serial killer kind of people and things like that i thought always thought martin sheen looked really cool in this uh because he had the Canadian tuxedo and uh, he had like uh, uh, these cowboy boots that almost looked like uh, the wrestler uh, cowboy Bob Ellis or Blackjack uh, Mulligan or something like that that were pretty cool and and Martin Sheen was a good looking guy back then had the you know the the hair and everything and the one thing uh, Starkweather the actual Starkweather guy um, they people would say that he kind of kind of looked like James Dean uh, and they. They actually say that in this movie uh when when uh kit uh there's these two guys are like you know who that son of a bitch looks like looks just like james fucking james dean you know and i like the relationship between him and and um holly because she's so young i think carol Ann fugate was only like 13 or 14 years old or something like that uh and she's so young and naive and of course you know when you're that age and you're you're in love and infatuated and everything and uh, uh, that you probably would follow along with some, you know, chowder head like um, Charles Starkweather or Kit. Uh, but I really like that movie. And again, I just posted a picture of uh, Martin Sheen shooting. He, he stopped along the road. Uh, they were being chased, not at the time, but they were on the run, you know, people were looking for him. And he stopped along the road and he had a a football and he just set it down on the on the side of the road and took his pistol out and shot it and he said see that right there you know that's that right there is where this happened or something you know like try he was so um, I don't know if he was like a narcissist or what but he thought that that would be something that they would remember you know when if the cops came by and found that football they would be like you know it would be like a big thing that somebody could sell or because they were so famous. At one point he told um, Holly that they should both crush their hands with a rock. To uh, symbolize their true love for each other. And she goes, that would hurt. And he goes, eh, well maybe we won't, you know. So it was, But I, I really like the movie. I, I should watch it again. I've got it down in the down in the basement covered in dust. That's definitely a place I need to clean. Went down there the other day to get some stuff out of the dryer. And there was a big spider up on the wall uh and i mean this motherfucker was big and so i um happened to have some i don't know what kind of spray it was ant spray or wasn't wasp spray but it was something like that that my grandma had had and uh, i didn't even know if the goddamn shit would work and i kind of tried to zap it but it didn't come out very good and it took off under uh, in the uh ceiling somewhere I watched 1994's Interview with a Vampire uh, The Vampire Chronicles or, yeah, I guess that's it says that's the original title I just knew it as Interview with a Vampire I guess it does say on the poster Tom Cruise, Interview with the Vampire The Vampire Chronicles Um, Directed by Neil Jordan, written by Anne Rice of course, uh, starring Brad Pitt Tom Cruise, Antonio Bandaras Oh yes, one does. Uh Christian Slater. Who else is in this any Hot chicks. Uh, Thandiwe, Thandiwe Newton, or Thandi Newton. Um, who else? But I, here's the thing that I have found about Interview with a Vampire. For for some reason, I I know it was on TV a lot. It was probably on HBO or you know some you know pay channel. Uh, cuz I saw it a lot and I sort of remember liking it I haven't seen it in forever and I st- and you know of course those books were huge and you know I, I think I read uh Interview with a Vampire and Vampire Lestat uh and then I read you know about like uh, you know Anne Rice wanted rutger Howard to play Lestat and uh then Tom Cruise got it, and, and she didn't think he was right. But then after she saw the finished product, she thought he was great and all this stuff. This movie sucked. Um, I started watching it. It's really not good. And um, one thing I noticed right off the bat was Brad Pitt was awful. Um, he was trying to do, you know, it took place in the United States. Um, but he was trying to do—I don't know if it was like an old English colonial accent or something—and he was—he was just awful. He was horrible. Um, and I thought Tom Cruise sucked too. Um, it was—it was just cringy to watch, and it's almost like um, Fifty Shades of Grey. This, well. I, I would say girl with the dragon tattoo was another big you know series of books at the time uh, at, at at its time interview with all the anne rice books um then they had those fucking uh what was the one that nicholas cage did uh where everybody the rapture came and everybody you know that was believed in god and was a true christian went to heaven and Everybody was oh, left behind. I was gonna say everybody else was left behind, but that was what it was called. Uh, the I haven't seen that Nicholas Cage movie, but I heard it sucked. Uh, but the books, I remember everybody, you know, was so into those books. I actually read the first book and I was like, oh, this is pretty good. this is pretty good. But now I think back, you know, like um, th- that was th- was pretty crappy. Uh, interview with a vampire. Like I said, just watching this movie, I'm like, oh my God, we, you know, I don't know if we were caught up in some kind of Oprah fucking book club uh, euphoria or something. And the same thing with Fifty Shades of Grey. Um, now, I didn't read the books, Fifty Shades of Grey. I watched all three of those fucking movies and they all sucked. And they were like, I said on the show before. Were like it was like watching uh, Bold and the Beautiful or As the World Turns or something like that. That was the level of writing uh, that those movies were. It was like daytime, you know, uh, soap opera stuff. And this movie was not good. I didn't think it was good at all. And it, like again, it was hard to get through because I was like, God, I I liked it. I was because it was it was on. Um, I don't know if it was on Netflix or if it was on. Uh, Crime. But I thought, oh interview with Vampire, I haven't seen this in forever. And I, I remember really liking it and everything. And I started watching, it. I was like, this this fucking sucks. So why belabor the point? It sucked. Um And you know, you may think different, like I said, it's just opinion. Uh, and again, that's one of those ones that uh at, at the time I thought was really good, and you know, in retrospect it does not hold up. Um at least I think I thought it was good. I don't know. Maybe I maybe I'm remembering next thing I watched was uh, from 1974 Billy Two Hats uh, and it was directed by Ted Kotcheff written by Alan Sharp and it stars Gregory Peck, Desi Arnaz Jr. and Jack Warden uh, David Huddleston who again was the big Lebowski Um, who else is this not very many people it was a pretty small cast Um, but this was a western that I had never seen before I think I remember seeing the box art because I thought Gregory Peck kind of looked cool. Uh, You know, Gregory Peck's always, you know, super really handsome guy. You think about from, like, Men in the Gray Flannel Suit or uh, 12 O'Clock High or, you know, even the the Omen and things like that or um, uh, Guns of Navarone. Uh, And in this one, he has a a big, like, uh, like a black beard and his cowboy hat's uh, flipped up in the front. He also has a... um, trying to think uh scottish i was gonna say irish accent but it's scottish uh, accent um after a bank robbery runaway scottish outlaw archdeans and his young half breed kiowa partner billy two hats develop a father and son relationship but sheriff henry gifford is determined to capture or kill them this one is kind of like um when you, when you watch like pat garrett and billy the kid uh, sort of has that kind of a feel uh there's no row you know like uh uh say when you watch um gunfight at OK corral or my darling clementine or some of those older westerns where it's a very romantic look at the west and the heroes are you know really white hat heroes and the bad guys black hat you know and everything that's uh but but again like pat garrett and billy the kid this is a little bit more realistic a little bit more gritty and um kind of a more of a mean spirited kind of a thing where you have like anti-heroes and you know um the the law men aren't exactly 100 percent white meat baby faces and the you know the the bad guys aren't necessarily you know super bad heel guys and everything um i do like the relationship between um Arch and uh, Billy Two Hats. It was surprising. One thing about this was that was surprising was that uh, Desi Arnaz Jr. uh, was the star of this. He was really young and some good looking guy and everything, but he would always be in the shadow of Lucy and Desi. And um, you know, I don't know if they would have had any bearing, especially Lucy having her production, uh, you know, her studio and all that stuff. Desi Lou, if that had any bearing on him getting this role i thought he did a really good job and everything like i said he was he was a good-looking guy he he could pull off being the you know that's one thing back in the day i was just going to say the half-breed character but it was funny back in in the uh, day you always had guys that were half-breed or that's what they would call them uh like billy jack or uh, in uh, i think uh, another gregory peck movie um the Stalking Moon, Robert Forrester. Um, I'm trying to think who else, but they. It was. It was always kind of a cool thing, you know, when the guy would be like a half breed. They'd be like, "I'm gonna bleed you, breed." Like <laughs> that. What movie was that in? I'm gonna bleed you, breed. Nah, I can't remember now. But this was a pretty good movie. It gets a 6.3 out of 10 on uh, IMDb. It's not like a you know super great movie, but it's worth a watch if you've never seen it. And you don't really have to like westerns to like this one. Um, it's it's a, kind of a, a character study kind of a deal. Let's move on here, people. Let's check the time real quickie. Because quickie, I can start to ramble, and then I get caught up in the moment. Wait a minute. I want to go back and see what this guy directed. Ted Kotcheff. Just real quick. I don't want to get too far into it. Ooh, let's see. Let's start down at the bottom. Yes, yeah, at the bottom. Lots of TV. So he probably knew Lucy and Desi, and they said, give my son a. Sh-. Let's put him in this movie. Uh, Billy Two has Before that, Wake and Fright from 1971. You, a lot of you guys know a lot more horror movies and stuff like that than I. Oh, this might not even be a horror movie. A bad gambling bet, a school teacher. Let's see. After a bad gambling debt, oh no! Wait a minute. Blue, blue, blue. I can't read. After a bad gambling bet, a schoolteacher is marooned in a town full of crazy, drunk, violent men, who threatened uh, to make him just as crazy and drunk and violent. And this was, of course, directed by Ted Kotcheff. Uh, Donald Pleasance, Gary Bond. How's Gary Bond? What did I just watch him in? It seems like. Something good. He was in Zulu. Gary Bond. Okay, I just saw him in something. What the fuck was it? Of course, now I'll go down the goddamn fucking shit rabbit hole. The shithole. Let me go over here and find out who Gary Bond is. Let's see. He was in, I just actually just, it's weird. I just watched something that he was in. Okay, he was in Zulu, which there was a lot of different people in there that could have been just, you know, uh, uh, lots of TV. And uh, let's try not to have too much dead air. Johnny, and of a thousand days, Wake and Fright. That's the one I was just talking about bond this is curious i swear i thought i just i just watched gary bond and something and even mentioned maybe mentioned him on the show but i don't see he was on the avengers but that was just one episode killed him a bear when he was only three davy davy crockett king of the wild frontier i might be thinking about the guy that was in the rat patrol Gary Bond wasn't a singer, was he? Did he? Didn't uh, what's his cocksucker? Let me look at his goddamn fucking biography. Fucking cocksucker. Gary Bond was an English actor and singer. Oh, okay, Gary Bond. Maybe he's a singer. Maybe that's why I know him from. Born on a mountaintop in Tennessee. Uh, he made his professional stage debut. Blah blah blah. Blah blah blah. Also, proper performer on the radio. Uh with several titles including Lady Windermere's Fan Uh Trelawney of Wells, a Patriot of Me. I don't recognize any of this shit. Wake and Wake and Fright. So I don't know. Maybe I'm Maybe I'm imagining things. Johnny. Okay, Wake and Fright, Gary Bond. Go fuck yourself. It's not his fault, but he can still. Uh, let's see. We're looking up, uh, Ted Kotcheff and what else he directed. Executive. Well, I clicked director. So why did it bring up executive producer? You piece of shit. Uh, let's see what else we have here. Billy Two Hats. That's what I just talked about. Fun with Dick and Jane. Uh, who is killing the great chefs of Europe. North Dallas 40. Of course, I've seen a million times. Split Image. That was Michael O'Keefe, Karen Allen, and Peter Fonda uh, from 1982. A rootless young man is drawn into an unnamed religious cult by a beautiful girl. Uh, Every moment with the group causes him to become increasingly under the control of the cult's leader. I wonder if that was uh, Peter Fonda. Um, After his parents fail in their attempt, they hire uh, someone who has experienced kidnapping and then deprogramming. And enduring mental damage, uh, which has been done to him. Michael O'Keefe. Okay, he was the guy that played Robert Duvall's son in *Great Santini*. Uh, Karen Allen, of course, she was in uh, what you call it. This is a really good cast. Again, this is another one that I've—I don't think I've ever heard of—that I'm uh, coming across here. Michael O'Keefe. He was a good young actor. Uh, again, the son in *Great Santini*. Uh, Karen Allen uh, from Indiana Jones and uh, also Animal House. Peter Fonda, James Woods, Brian Dennehy, Elizabeth Ashley. Uh, who else do we have here? Anybody else as we go down the list? I thought maybe somebody would jump out at me. But, yeah, that might be one worth looking at. Uh, it seems like maybe from the pictures I'm seeing here that uh, Peter Fonda might be the charismatic uh, uh, Elizabeth Ashley and Brian Dennehy, maybe, or the parents. Peter Fonda, the charismatic uh, cult leader. And uh, James Woods is the guy that's going to get him into programming. And I'm just, that that might not even be true, but I was just looking at the pictures. Split image. I'm going to save that one because I might want to check that one. Oot, daddy-o. And Ted Kotcheff. There was another one on here I just saw that I know you guys will know after uh, split image. And that is First Blood with Sylvester Stallone um and of course you know who knows once you know stallone has a way of taking over things i don't know if he was that big at the time of course he had rocky and everything so he probably did i i, I can't remember off the top of my head uh him um like taking over hearing about him taking over the movie and everything uncommon valor that was gene hackman and tex Cobb, Reb brown uh fred ward and um that was a good movie. It was pretty entertaining, uh, going at the time, 1983, uh, coming right off first, first blood too. It was like, you know, first blood was a, a lot about, uh, Vietnam vets with, um, uh, you know, PTSD and things like that. Uncommon valor again at the time, because it was, you know, after Vietnam, uh, people were always talking about us leaving, um, uh, you know, POWs or missing in action, uh, uh, of course, Missing an Action with Chuck Norris, but the, uh, that's not on here that I can see. Um, uh, but Uncommon Valor was a pretty entertaining movie. Joshua, Then and Now. That is James Woods, Gabriel Lazur and Alan Arkin. I like Alan Arkin. I like James Woods as an actor. He's kind of a douchebag. The story of a Jewish writer from his life as a young boy in Montreal to his more complicated grown-up life. That uh, I like Alan Arkin a lot. Michael Sarazin is also in this. I like him. Uh, rawr, 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 rawr. Oh, Johnny! Let's save that one too. That's another one that uh, might be just interesting enough. Um, and we have some other ones here that are no, well known. Switching channels. Was that? That was, yeah, Burt Reynolds and Christopher Reeves and um, uh, Kathleen Turner. I have not seen that one. I remember the one with William Hurt and Holly Hunter and Albert Brooks uh, that I really liked. And I think this one came out about the same time. It was one of those deals where uh, it's funny sometimes where uh, uh, people are putting out two movies at the same time that sort of have the same subject matter. Uh, Let's see, Ned Beatty is also in this, Burt Reynolds... Christopher Reeves, Kathleen Turner, uh, <laughs> Joe Silver. I I don't ever remember seeing this one. And um, I didn't hear that much about it. Burt's toupee looks, doesn't look good. Uh, television news chief courts his anchorwoman, ex-wife, with an 11th hour story. And I'm sure that Christopher Reeves was probably playing like the, uh, you know, the kind of male model looking news reader guy winter people that's kurt russell and i think kelly mcgillis yeah i saw that one on i remember renting this one on vhs this is 1989 but also seeing it on hbo a lot Um, it's kind of felt fallen off the face of the earth but i actually remember liking it it wasn't great but i watched it a bunch of times I like Kurt Russell even back then, but this was not like a, this was before, like, I think the thing and, and, uh, some of the ones that really put him over the top. Um, who else is in this? Lloyd Bridges, uh, Don Michael Paul. Let's see. Um, Kurt Russell's kind of more of a city kind of a person. It takes place, I think like in the thirties or forties. And, uh, he falls in love with this woman and, um, She's from these like mountain people um, that are kind of more rednecky uh, hunting kind of people. Not as bad as like the, the Cajuns in Southern Comfort, but uh, like I said, not that bad. But they kind of test him uh, because he's sort of a fish out of water and they take him hunting and things like that, uh, which he's never been hunting. Uh, a young widower moves with his daughter into a North Carolina mountain town in 1934. He quickly takes up uh, with a young woman with an illegitimate baby. First, he must prove himself to her father and her three brothers. Uh, He does so first by, well, I don't want to say any more. They give away too much. But that's a pretty good movie. I haven't seen that in a long time. Add that one to the list. The list. Ted Folks with um, Roger Roger Moore. Weekend at Bernie's. That's one that uh, a lot of... People have seen many times, uh, and then he starts doing TV stuff. Hidden Assassin, who's in that? Oh, that's Dolph, Dolph Lundgren. Uh, I don't know if I've seen this one or not. I've there for a while. I was watching a lot of Dolph movies. A CIA agent gets caught up in political intrigue after he gets brought in to solve the murder of a Cuban ambassador, and it's Dolph Marachuska. That mares assumpta serena. Is this one of those ones where Dolph started making movies out of the country and you don't know anybody but him? Looks like it. When, where was this made? I just ramble. Uh, Czech Republic, uh, country of origin. Czech Republic, and then it also has a uh, United Kingdom, France, and Spain, but it's mostly uh, Prague. So that's what I was going to say. When you see Dolph, and there's nobody else in the cast that you ever heard of and they all have like really strange names. Dolph cashing some chicks. And uh let's see what else we have here. Family of Cops. I remember that TV show. I think Charles Bronson was in the first one. Yeah, Charles Bronson. Uh that was a uh, puffy-faced, feathered hair uh needed a haircut Charles Bronson. But I, there was a few a, a couple of those or let's see how many of those goddamn Family of Cops were there. There were several of them, I think. Uh, John Vernon was in that. But I, I never saw it. Daniel Baldwin. Even though I liked Bronson, I didn't... Even when he was... Well, now, when he was in Indian Runner, the Sean Penn movie with uh, Vigo and... Um, oh, Dave Moore, David Morris. Um, he was... Uh, had a small part in that. I think that might have been his last role. But it was just interesting enough that... Uh, that I didn't mind watching it. But I always kind of always hated watching Bronson when he got older and got the puffy face and the and the feathered hair and shit. Uh, that's about it. He started doing, like, lots of TV. Cry Rape. What's that? Cry Rape. That stars nobody I've ever heard of. So, I don't know. what. It's another one. You know, it's kind of like, well, I wonder what happened to this guy. He made a lot of movies. And then all of a sudden he was, uh, you know, not in... Uh, He's doing a lot of TV. So, I don't know. Uh... Ted Katchif. Now we know. He was in a lot of stuff. You guys probably already knew all this. And are like, you know... Zom, you know who that fucker is. He's been in a ton of shit. The next movie is, uh... From 1990. Um... uh, Directed by Paul Verhoeven. Uh... Based on a Philip K. Dick story. We can remember it for you wholesale. And this is Total Recall. With Arnold Schwarzenegger. Sharon Stone. Michael Ironside. Um... See who else? Rachel T- Ticotin I wanted to say Maria Cachita Alonzo, but she was in Running Man with him. Um, and Ronnie Cox. Uh, who else? Is this hill. Roy Brocksmith. I remember he had. He. I think he was the. Uh, wasn't he the mask that uh, Arnold wore to the airport or whatever? This was really good it's very entertaining uh, again I've seen it a, a bazillion times but it just has so many iconic and funny and fun it's a fun action movie the uh, practical special effects are just really fun to watch uh, Arnold uh, you know just has so much charisma and uh, you know uh, the the uh, Michael Ironside character is really good um, I like Sharon stone and uh, again, comparing this to the Colin Farrell uh, movie, which was pretty much uh, there was no laughs and there was no practical effects or anything. I, again, you know, uh, a lot of you, probably every one of you disagrees, that, but I enjoyed the Colin Farrell movie just because it was uh, played really super straight and not uh, for as much just... Uh, with the Arnold movie, I mean, you know, with the with the one-liners that you know the memorable one-liners and the memorable scenes, uh, and the, like I said, the practical effects and things like that. This is more like this is like an iconic movie, and I wouldn't necessarily, you know, it's hard not to compare the two because this is the, of course, the superior movie. It's more memorable. It's a it's a legendary movie. But again, I on a standalone movie, Even like say they wouldn't have called that one, uh, the Colin Farrell one, Total Recall. I did enjoy watching it. It had a lot of action in it. And it had uh, Kate Beckinsale was really hot in it. And that's all I care about. I uh, watched uh, Captain America Civil War um, from 2016. This was on, oh shit, what the hell is this? On? Oh, the Disney Channel. I, that I get, uh, and I just, uh, just happened to just put it on. I've, I've, I think I've only seen it once and I just thought, you know, what the fuck? I want to, you know, watch this one again. There was so much stuff that I did not remember. The, the, the one thing that I remembered, you know, was the airport fight scene between the, the two factions of the Avengers and, uh, Ant-Man getting real big and stuff like that. But there was a lot of it that I did not remember, um, that I again, almost like the uh, Total Recall Colin Farrell movie. I I still enjoyed it. It's just a lot of fun, just a lot of action, and you know, being a Marvel fan and everything. There's some things that that I I could I didn't like, uh, but I just go with it and, and enjoy watching it. There was a, like Age of Ultron had uh, some things in it that I did like, which was like the uh, Vision. Uh, The emergence of vision and things like that, but uh, that was uh, one that I really—I even tried to watch that one again, uh, not that long ago, and I didn't like it when I saw it in the theater, and I still don't like it that much. Everybody in this, of course, you know everybody, and 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 seeing uh, Chadwick Boseman when uh, you know uh, when Black Panther—I think we was fighting. Uh, Winter Soldier and Cap shows up or whatever. But anyway, when he first takes the mask off uh, and I see Chadwick Boseman, it did kind of make me feel, you know, sad. Um, Let's see. And I like the... uh, It's funny how they changed it around and made um, Aunt May, Peter Parker's aunt, who was always an old senior citizen, made it Marissa Tomei and Tony Stark's like Mackinac. And I like the relationship that they were building between uh, Vision and Wanda, which carried over into the um, uh, WandaVision uh, TV show. Uh, What was Sebastian Stan was going to be in something here? New coming up. What was it? I saw that wasn't uh, Marvel-related. Hmm. He's got several things, uh, endings and beginnings from 2019. I've never even heard of that. Uh, But he might not be the big star of that. Jamie Dornan and Shaleen Woodley. Is that a love story? 30-something woman navigating uh, through love and heartbreak over the course of one year. During that time, she will unlock the secrets of her life in a sudden turn of events and in the most surprising of places. The butthole. It looks like on the movie poster that maybe Jamie Dornan, who was the fucking, wasn't he the guy in uh, Fifty Shades of Grey? But I did, I will say this. I thought he sucked in Fifty Shades of Grey because those movies suck. But he was good in that uh, siege at um, Jodotville. Uh, But maybe it's something where uh, this... uh, Shailene Woodley, Jamie Doren, and Sebastian Stan have a threesome? I don't know. Maybe a little double penetration? I don't know. I'm not a woman, so I don't know if that would even... You know, some... You see that and That's like when you watch like a, a porno movies and stuff and it's like, okay, this stuff is not... You know, I don't know. But there's always somebody who likes things that other people don't. So maybe there's somebody that does like that. I don't know. Uh, he was in the last full measure. this is uh, Sebastian Stan, the last full measure from 2019. Now this is after he played winter soldier. Uh, he's the star of this one, Sebastian Stan Allison Sudal, Asher miles Falika. 34 years after his death, Airman William H. Pitzenbarger, Pittes- uh, or Pitts is awarded the nation's highest military honor. For his actions on the battlefield. Was that a Vietnam movie? It looks like it. Uh, William Hurt. Hmm. Linus Roche. I like him. He was in Mandy and he was also on Law and Order toward the end. Diane Lane. Samuel L. Jackson. Christopher Plummer. Hmm. Ed Harris. Peter Fonda. Goddamn this guy. How have I never heard of this? The Last Full Measure. I got a got like a six point eight out of ten, but I've never even maybe I have to I'll have to mark this one down so I can maybe look at the trailer. And again, this looks like it maybe like took place in Vietnam. I think I can't tell. Uh, okay, let's get out of here. Sebastian Stan, The Devil All the Time. I think I have heard. Okay, I watched that one. That was made for Netflix, and I didn't really like. I got that was the one that I said I thought would have been better if it would have been a mini series. With Tom Holland, uh, Bill Skarsgård, Riley Keough, Sebastian Stan. Um, I just thought it could have been better if they would have had more time to explore the uh, characters. But a lot of people really like that one. Monday, uh, he plays Mickey. Uh, This is 2020, Mickey. Or it's called Monday. Uh, Directed by Arj... Argerus Papadimitriopoulos. So apparently, I'm guessing that guy's Greek. Uh, Denise Goh, uh, Smashing and Stan, and Yorgos Pirapapasapalopoulos. And I'm not kidding you, that's what the fucker's name is. I just sounded it out. <laughs> a spark, uh, A spark on a Friday can lead to a sizzling weekend fling. But what happens when you get to the inevitable Monday? Uh, you want to vomit and chew your fucking gnaw your goddamn paw off to get away uh let's see here and that must be of course like i said yeah maybe it takes place in greece or something looks like they he's riding with some chick on a vespa scooter and they're making love so what's this one rate i don't know if that's something that would be in my wheelhouse i would probably watch it but uh Not something I would look for. 6.2 out of 10. Sebastian Stan, I think he's making a lot of movies that are not... uh, Okay, that was before Falcon and Winter Soldier TV series, miniseries. 355. He's in this one from 2000... Oh, 2022 is when it's going to be released. When a top-secret weapon falls into mercenary hands, a wildcard CIA agent joins forces with three international agents on a lethal mission... To retrieve it while staying a step ahead of the mysterious women, or woman who's tracking their every move. Jessica Chastain, Diane Kruger, Lupito Nyong'o, uh, Diane Kruger, Penelope Cruz, Sebastian Stan, Edgar Ramirez. Who else is in this fucker? Nobody else that I know. I don't know if that'd be any good or not. Fart noise. Where's he falling? It's just all like a, looks like it's a full woman, women cast on the uh, movie posta. Fresh. It's just like a dirty movie. Uh, Rated R. Long line kept under wraps. Described as a social thriller about the fear many women face every day. Sebastian Stan, Daisy Edgar Jones, and Brent Deere. The fear that they face every day is Sebastian Stan's giant cock. Oh, they tremble. <laughs> they tremble and quake in quake and fear. Okay, so now we're getting into shit that's like uh, in pre- and post-production, so I don't know. Uh, architect emigrates to the United States in 1947 and spends the next three decades developing his masterpiece. This is The Brutalist, starring Vanessa Kirby, Sebastian Stan, and Marion Cotillard, who tried to fuck over Leo in... What was that movie where everything turns upside down and shit? Um, I, can't. I just was talking about that last night uh, the uh, not tenant, it was something else but Joel Edgerton is also in this and I think it's in post production so I don't know why I'm talking about it what's the time looking like here I have about 50 minutes so I better get back to my shit dum-dum dum-dum-dugan wahoo Uh, that's my howling commandos wahoo Uh, From 2002, I watched Some of All Fears. um, Directed by Philip Alden Robinson. Uh, It's Tom Clancy, based on Tom Clancy novel. uh, Starring Ben Affleck, Morgan Freeman, and who else? Bruce McGill, D-Day from Animal House. Uh, Philip Baker Hall, who was the uh, library um, police in Seinfeld. And also... Part eight with uh, John C. Was it John C. Riley? He was in that pretty good. Um, this was not bad. Uh, it does like a Jack Ryan thing uh, when he's young and he's just met his soon-to-be wife. So it's uh, you can think of it as a you know young Harrison Ford kind of a deal. But Ben Affleck is not my favorite actor. I don't think he's a very good actor. Uh, it would have been better if it wouldn't have been him. Uh, I think I saw the one with Chris Pine Where Chris Pine played Jack Ryan And I'm not sure I like that one that much either Because I don't remember Jack or shit about it Jack Ryan or shit Uh, CIA CIA analyst Jack Ryan Must stop the plans of a neo-Nazi faction That threatens to uh, induce a catastrophic conflict Between the United States and uh, Russia By detonating a nuclear weapon In the United States Uh, the one thing I did like about this, I liked the Morgan Freeman character, but I also liked, um, uh, what's his name? Liev Shriver as, uh, Carter. Um, and then that movie that they just made where fucking, uh. Apollo Creed's fucking son plays uh, John Carter. I did not like uh, without remorse. I liked that book. I read the book, but I did not like that movie. Uh, they changed a bunch of shit around. Again, as I think I may have said on the show, I told one of my friends this. I don't know if I said on the show or not because I haven't been recording that much. Uh, but um, if they would have called this anything but without remorse and had it be the Tom Clancy movie... I would have been like, "Oh, eh, it's a pretty good action movie or whatever. But I read the book and I really liked the book. And um, at the time, see, they had been talking about making Without Remorse for a long time after when uh, uh, Hunt for Red October and the two Harrison Ford movies, Patriot Games and um, Clear and Present Danger became such big hits they they talked about making without remorse for a long time, and Gary Sinise was going to play um, Clark. I kept saying Carter, uh, Clark, um, and but they turned around and uh, didn't make it forever. Michael B. Jordan is the uh, it thing, the the uh, you know the the guy of the moment. Um, I don't like Michael B. Jordan. I liked him sort of in the Black Panther movie. But other than that, uh, he's, he's he kind of is like, I don't know. He just doesn't do it for me. And uh, I did not like him that much in this movie. Shadow Recruit is the one with um, Kevin Costner and Chris Pine and Kira Knightley. Um, and again, uh, let see. Jack Ryan, a young covert CIA analyst, uncovers a Russian plot to crash the U.S. economy with a terrorist attack. I don't remember shit about this. So, I don't know. Uh, let's see. Uh, Kenneth Branagh. I remember him being in that. Kira Knightley. Uh, is there anybody else? I, I honestly, am, I don't know if it's my memory going or what, but I am drawing a complete fucking blank about uh, Shadow Recruit. So maybe I haven't seen it. Maybe I saw the trailers or something and didn't watch it. This was directed by Kenneth Brannell. That's a surprise. So maybe I'll fucking rewatch this or watch it, depending on if I've actually seen it. I did see the one with uh, Chris Pine and uh, Reese Witherspoon. I can't remember who the other guy was. Was that... Uh, that wasn't... Um... Oh, goddammit. It was a spy movie, but it was like a funny spy movie. And they were both dating... The two spies were dating Reese Witherspoon. Tom Hardy, wasn't it? Uh, it was pretty fun, entertaining and you could probably take a chick to go see that. I shouldn't say because that makes, you know, sound bad, but uh I, I was entertained by it. Um, Into the Woods. I was Into the Woods. I remember Z for Zachariah. That was Margot Roby and um uh, wasn't that the guy from Tenant? Uh, Chiwetel Isha That was an interesting movie. Haven't seen that one in forever. I, I don't know if that was one that I would re-watch or not. But uh, it was it was an interesting thing. Finestour, <laughs> Hell or High Water. I like that one. Star Trek, of course, I like that. Wonder Woman. Uh, what was the one with him and Tom Hardy and Reese Witherspoon? I can't believe I'm sitting here wasting time trying to find a Reese Witherspoon movie who I generally can't stand. Her and um, Julia... No, not Julia Stiles. It's Julia Stiles? Something Stiles, but I don't... I can't. Who was the cook? The woman that got on TV and would make food. That was Julia... Sh- Julia Childs. Okay, maybe it was Julia Stiles because I don't like her either. Uh, horrible bosses 2 Stretch, Jack Ryan, Rise of the Guardians. People like us. I don't think so. Oh, go to hell! You know, you never can find a fucking. It's just something stupid that you just want to fucking find, so you can just you know um, remember. But why? I. But then you know I, I'm like on a hunt, and then I. I don't want to sit here and look for this because it's not that important to me. Finest hours, Wonder Woman, fucking fucker, fuck. Uh, Chris Pine, Chris Pine, Julia. Wasn't Julia Styles was Reese Witherspoon. Reese. <laughs> okay. What's it? What's this fucker called? Uh, this means war. Okay, that was that was fairly entertaining. Uh, you know, they had some, I like the chemistry. Uh, Tom Hardy was funny and Chris Pine. Chris Pine can do uh, co- uh, like comedy and uh, rom-com stuff. So anyway, Tom Clancy. That's uh, some fascist. Uh, what do you call it? Um, uh, U.S. Uh, Tom Clancy is kind of like U- United States uh, propaganda movie. Okay, the movie that I watched that had Morgan Paul in it was 1970s Patton, uh, which was directed by Franklin J. Schaffner. uh, And the screen uh, screen story was written by Francis Ford Coppola and Edmund H. North. Uh, Ladislaw Farrago, based on the factual material from Patton, Ordeal, and Triumph, stars George C. Scott, Carl Malden, and Morgan Paul who I uh, just had to bring up because he was Holden in Blade Runner. He was Dirty McGee, the cop, and he was also in this. He was Captain Richard Richard N. Jensen. Bill Hickman is in this. He's General Patton's driver. Uh, Carl Michael Vogler, you've seen him in a bunch of stuff. He plays uh, uh, Field Marshal Erwin Rommel uh, in this. Uh, this is just such a good movie. I could watch it over and over and over. And I have Siegfried Roche. What else was Siegfried Roche And I know I've seen... See, that's like him and uh, the other guy I just mentioned. Uh, they are actually real real German actors. And we're speaking German in Patton... Uh, and I've, you, you've probably seen them in lots of other movies like World War II movies and things like that. And uh, other German movies and TV shows if you if you've watched those, but I think I would if living in the US and not seeing a lot of those movies, I would know them more for like World War II movies. The Eagle has landed um, And what else was he in? Escape uh, to Athena? There's several of them. He was kind of an international star, but uh, Patton, of course, is you know George C. Scott's movie. But I will say this: Carl uh, Malden was just excellent in this, uh, and he is excellent in just about everything. But uh, George C. Scott was just fantastic. I love this movie. Uh, no every fucking scene. You know, again, uh, you know, not comparing it to Total Recall, but this is such an iconic movie, and it won some Oscars. Franklin J. Schaffner directed this. I always, you know, for some reason, I know Francis Ford Coppola did not direct it, but for some reason there's times where, you know, you almost feel like you want to say Francis Ford Coppola. But uh, Schaffner did, uh, okay, lots of TV up until... Up until 1967, he did the double man, and that was Yul Brynner. Okay, I saw that one. That was a spy movie. Uh, Yul Brynner, Britt Eklund. uh, In a complex piece of espionage, Russian Secret Service attempts to kidnap a high-ranking officer in the CIA and replace him with a double of of its own. Double man, 1967, Yul Brynner. Uh, Then the next thing, of course you all will know, which is uh, The Planet of the Apes. He directed The Planet of the Apes with Charlton Heston. Right after that, two years later, he went from Planet of the Apes to Patton. Uh, Then he went from Patton to, a year later, Nicholas and Alexandra, uh, which I really like that movie. If you're into, like, uh, Rasputin and uh, Nicholas II and uh, the uh, whole Russian Revolution and all that stuff, uh, it's a really good movie. Uh, then he did, two years later after that, he did uh, Papillon with Steve McQueen and Dustin Hoffman. Then went from Papillon to Islands in the Stream, another uh, George C. Scott movie based on Hemingway, uh, Ernest Hemingway. Uh, then he, that was 1977. And in 1978, Boys from Brazil. Okay, then he uh, three years after Boys from Brazil, he did... This uh, he did Sphinx now this was something I don't think I've ever heard of 1981 Leslie Ann Down, Franklin Jella uh, Maurice René and what is this, a boot uh, Egyptologist Erica Barron finds more than she bargained for during her long planned trip to the land of the pharaohs Murder, theft, betrayal, love, and A Mummy's Curse. I wonder if this is Langella coming off of that um, Dracula movie he did that was like a, it wasn't an erotic Dracula movie, but it was sort of played like, I remember Frank Langella, nobody even knew who he was, and then all of a sudden they were talking about how sexy he was. And you know, um, Let's see, who else is in this? John Gielgud, Martin Benson, Vic Ta- Tablion. Jean Reeves Davies, I know who he is. This one, I don't know if it did very well because I'm not saying that I'm like the great god of movies, but I have never heard of this. It got an average review on IMDb, 5.2 out of 10. A little bit better than average, very little bit. Uh, So I don't know much about that one. Uh, Yes, Gringo, that wasn't, uh, oh, it's Luciano Pavrati, Eddie Albert and Catherine Harold. A famous opera singer, Giorgio Fini, loses his voice during an American tour. He goes to a female throat specialist, Pamela Taylor, who he falls in love with. Okay, that's not something. I mean, I don't know. Maybe it would be good. I would watch it. It has Stefano Demera from Days of Our Lives in it. <laughs> but um, I don't know. This was probably coming off of a uh, pavrati. You know, getting so much publicity. Uh, from being the great uh, tenor or whatever of the time and being on all these sh- TV shows in America. in America. It got a 3.9 out of 10, so that might tell you something there. Lionheart, that's not Jean-Claude Van Damme, is it? No. Uh, this is Lionheart, uh, uh, directed, of course, by Franklin J. Schaffner, who's, who I'm looking up here. Uh, 1987's Lionheart, A Young Knight Sets Out to Join King Richard's Crusades. Um... Along the way, he encounters the Black Prince who captures children and sells them as slaves to the Muslims. It is Robert Nara's sworn duty to protect the children and lead them to safety. This stars Eric Stoltz. Gabriel Byrne, this would be, I, I, you know, he might have done more, but I'm just going to say the second King Arthur kind type of movie that um, I remember Gabriel Byrne because he was in, uh, I think he played Uther in Excalibur. Uh, let's see. This got a 5.2 out of 10. Eric Stoltz probably coming off of some of his big shit. Uh, some kind of was it some kind of wonderful and uh, he played Rocky Dennis in uh, Mask. And but uh, I don't think this one did very well. I don't know anything about it. I've never heard of it. And this must have been when uh, Schaffner was probably getting older and finishing up his career. Because this next one is the last thing that he did as a director. And that is Welcome Home. And I might want to watch this one. I don't know if it's any good or not, but I like the actors. 1989's Welcome Home. This is uh, Chris Christopherson, Joe Beth Williams, and Sam Waterston. Uh, Jake died in Vietnam. His family mourned him, then moved on. When he reappears quite alive, the question is, what must he do and how will his family respond to him? Chris Christopherson, Sam Watterson, Joe Beth Williams, Brian Keith. I like Brian Keith. Uh, Uncle Beal. Uh, But again, this one might be, I I like Chris Christopherson. I'll be talking about him here in just a few minutes again. But um, I might check that one. Again, like an average score, uh, about a 5.8 out of 10. Schaffner, when did he croak? He croaked in 1989, and his last movie was 1989, which was that Chris Christopherson movie. They so had a really long career, and he did some really good stuff, starting with uh, um, you know, Planet of the Apes, and uh, he had a really good run there. So, good director. I watched 2003's Fear X. I have never seen this. And um, I like some of Nicholas Winding Refn's movies, which I'm sure you all know. And uh, with uh, Ryan Gosling, Um, I hadn't seen this one. And I did not even know. I knew that he's the one that did it. And I think from our cast of colorful characters, I think I had heard that... uh, People didn't really like this one that much, Um, but it was on, I think, Prime, so I thought I would give it a look. Uh, You can see, you know, um, Refn's styling all over it, of course. Uh, It stars uh, John Turturro, uh, Deborah uh, Unger, um, who I always like. find her to be pretty sexy. Uh, the guy, the one dude uh, that played the sheriff. okay, Remar. I had just mentioned uh, James Remar on in another movie, and now I can't even remember what it fucking was, but he was a big uh, part of this movie. Uh, mostly him and Totoro are the two main guys in the in this movie. Uh, Mark Houghton uh, plays a, a cop in this, and I think I remember seeing him in um prison break the tv show prison break maybe um but this one again if you've seen um only god forgives uh, a lot of the styling uh and the music background music and everything and the kind of creepy weirdness there is um some subliminal things in this uh at one point that kind of come up and you're like, what the fuck is that? You know, and then and then after I watch the movie and I go back and think about these um, this one uh, this one visual that they would flash in there. Um oh man, my collarbone has been bothering me. It's like um when you when you um your back is kind of out and you go to a chiropractor and they crack it and make it feel better and It's like my collarbone has been messed up. Uh, I don't know if it's, if you would, the term, like it's rotated or if it's out of place or something. Uh, God, the other day it was really bad and it was like giving me a headache and everything. But I can feel it and it moves around a little bit and I can push on it and sometimes it'll crack. And it's feeling better, but I don't know, what the hell? I don't, again, I don't know what I did or how I did it, if it was just the way I slept or something, but it really feels messed up. Um, Okay, but Fear X, I thought it was pretty good. Um, And again, when you're watching Refn, uh, you're not going to get a linear movie where, you know, there's going to be some, there's going to be weird shit. It's not as bad as, like, Mandy or something like that, but it it did have a little bit of a feel of something something like that. Like, uh, Mandy is not that batshit crazy, but if if you watch this one, if you took, like, a, a couple of tabs of acid and watched this one, you might get uh, even more of a feel of that. Um, Totoro's always good. I always liked him. I liked him in this movie called uh, Mac. Not The Mac. That's Richard Pryor, but uh, this one was just called Mac. Uh, it's, I, I, I really like that. It's a kind of a smaller movie um, that he did. And I think he directed it uh, where he is a a carpenter and him and his brothers are building houses to try and sell. Um, They start work. They're actually working for a guy, a contractor. And the guy's a piece of shit. I don't think it's Stormar. It's some other dude, uh, this Polish guy. And uh, he's a real asshole. And he tells him to kind of go chintzy on the work. Like, if, if uh, in between the studs in a wall are supposed to be a certain space apart, he tells him to put them double the space apart so he can save on the lumber, and it's not safe, and it's not the way a good carpenter does things. And um, uh, Nicholas, Tut- or not Nicholas Totoro, John Totoro's character is somebody who takes real pride in his, his carpentry skills because his dad taught him that way and everything. And so he gets pissed and tells the guy to go fuck himself, and then he um, he and his brothers decide that they're going to uh, start building their own houses and then sell them. And uh, Dennis Farina is also in that, uh, Mac. Uh, Michael Badaluco, you've seen him in A Million Things, Nicholas Turturro, Ellen Barkin plays uh, in this. Um, uh, Oleg Krupa. Oleg Krupa is the one that... Um, it plays the boss in this, and he has been in a lot of stuff. He was in Burn After Reading, uh, Italian Job. If you see his face, you'll know exactly who he is. He's been in a million different things. For some reason, he wasn't in John Wick, was he? Oh, fuck. Here we go down the rabbit hole, Johnny. Taking a ride down the rabbit hole, Johnny. Uh, there was a There was a fucking Charles Bronson movie where he played an Indian. And I think the white hat, baby face uh, hero in that was, I don't know if he was, for some reason I want to say he was a Mountie, like a Canadian Mounted Police. But he might have just been like a sheriff or something. But I just remember Charles Bronson sitting on the horse, and they knew each other from the past. And Charles Bronson and his uh, in uh, his American uh it was either First Nations, if it was Canada, or Native Americans here, or whatever. Um, they went rogue. They were almost like um, Geronimo, you know, taking his men and, and leaving the reservation and everything. And uh, I think it was, it might have been Alan Ladd and Charles Bronson. And uh, Charles Bronson would call Alan Ladd because his name was Johnny. He'd be like, oh, Johnny, you don't know what you're talking about, Johnny. You're not taking us back to the reservation. I'll see. Alan Lad and Charles song Western. Johnny. Drumbeat from 1954. And this is one of those ones where um Okay. In 1972. I have to read this because I have to say this. In 19 or in 19. In 1872, Indian fighter Johnny McKay. Uh dig it. Johnny McKay is a, app- and he wasn't the John McKay that coached the uh, Tampa Bay Buccaneers from West Virginia. Uh, is appointed uh, peace commissioner for California and Oregon, but he faces a tough opposition from the renegade Modocs led by their chief Captain Jack. Now that's a real character. I don't know if the whole thing, uh, it of course since it's 1954, it's definitely would be fictionalized, but I know that Captain Jack was, I think, a real uh, character, and so let's see here. The actual fighting in the Modoc War occurred uh, mostly in the lava beds of southern Klamath County, Oregon, and northern California's Toole Lake area. General Edward Canby, whose death is depicted in the movie, was in reality only uh, the only U.S. Army general killed during the American Indian Wars. General Custer, killed at the Battle of Little Bighorn, was, in fa- uh, was not in fact a general at the time of his death. After the Civil War, he uh, held a permanent rank of lieutenant colonel. Charles Buczynski, uh, birth name, changed his name to Charles Bronson using his new moniker uh, for the film. For the fi- Okay, so this movie, Drumbeat, was the first time that Bronson went by Charles Bronson in a movie. Uh, he had been in other movies, in like bit parts, or as heavies and stuff like that, where he was Charles Buczynski. Uh, Captain Jack is yes, Johnny. Okay, so anyway... Uh, let me let me fucking uh, make a little mark for that one. I haven't seen that one in a long time, so I might want to watch it again just for fun. It's a lot of those movies like that, I, old westerns, even though like even the Randolph Scott ones um, or uh, Joel McRae and uh, you know guys like that. Uh, I like watching them. They're 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 old Hollywood, and I just enjoy them. You yeah. know, they're not uh, you know I don't know if I would say suspend disbelief. I just uh, I can watch an old western and still not sit there and go, "Oh God, look at this guy. He's so, you know, goddamn fucking straight and good that it's pathetic." But well, fuck you <laughs> if you don't like it, suck my dick. Uh, but I didn't mind Fear X. I thought it was okay, and um, the ending definitely was. Um, oh. I like that it didn't just wrap up and uh, go the way that you... It was challenging, is what I want to say. It wasn't great, but I I thought it was good. I I didn't mind it. Um, And Unger. I like Unger. She was in the game with Michael Douglas. You saw her red panties. Uh, One thing I wanted to mention... Let's check the time here real quick. We've got about uh, half an hour, uh, about 25 minutes uh was the passing of William Smith uh who passed away July 5th 2021 at age 88. I followed him of course throughout his career because he was always on TV and in the movies, but also on in in these past uh several years he was uh on Facebook a lot and he would post on there and talk about uh like uh, Clint Walker and some of the other old cowboy stars that he he was in movies with and guys that were his friends uh, as far as weightlifting and in movies that he met. Uh, and he would talk about his career and things like that. Um, seemed like a really cool guy. Um, I think he spoke, like, I don't know how many different languages. He's definitely spoke uh, fluent Russian because when he was in the military, he um, uh, was a, like an interpreter. I mean, he would sit there and listen to... The, uh, listen to radio transmissions uh, sent uh, back and forth or whatever uh, uh, f- uh, from the Russians and then uh, not even necessarily decode them but he could just listen to uh, news um, on the radio on their radios and stuff like that and interpret them and I thought I think that they said that he might have actually been the first one to uh, report that uh, Joseph Stalin was dead and um, Cause it went out over the radios and he was the guy listening to the, uh, the, the, the uh, radio transmissions from the USSR. Uh, again, uh, the guy was a physical specimen. He loved, uh, to work out, lift weights. He was really into bodybuilding. Uh, he was like a arm wrestling, like world champion. I did. I, I remember hearing that, uh, you know, and you, and you hear these stories from the sets of these movies and you, you don't know how much of it's legend, how much of it's, uh, you know, 100% real. Right now, the legend that I'm thinking of is was this recording because I just realized that I had my fucking uh, computer chair's wheel right on top of the cord of my uh, headset here. But it looks like it is. Um, Hopefully everything will be going well. Uh, But I did hear on the set of Conan the Barbarian, he, of course, played Conan's uh, dad when Conan was a child and uh, that he and Arnold Schwarzenegger... Uh, got into you know Arnold is the kind of guy that liked to uh, bust balls and was you know very egotistical and everything and of course I'm sure he showed William Smith uh, Bill look at these 22 inch 22 inch biceps you know da, da, da. and William Smith uh, they uh, challenged him or he challenged William Smith maybe to uh, arm wrestling and I heard that uh, you know from what I had heard or what I read or whatever is that William Smith you know handily, Beat Arnold uh, arm wrestling, but that's one thing. Uh, it's like this guy Devon Larratt uh, is a big uh, uh, modern day arm wrestler. Uh, he's past his prime now, and uh, John Brezink and these guys. Uh, but if you watch some of these guys that are professional arm wrestling champions, how they train, what their 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 forearms and wrists and uh, what they look like, how they can lock them up, how they have all these, you know, 5,000 or 500 techniques on how to grab the guy's thumb, how to do this, how to do that, Uh, all these different ways of, of, you know, that that a person that is just saying, okay, I'm a big guy, let's arm wrestle, and they put their arm down. Some of these guys could just sit there and hold their arm still, and even if it's a guy that's like a bodybuilder, I know with that Devin Larratt, they, he, he's had videos where there's guys that were like uh, the world's strongest, that won the world's strongest men competition or or these big football players. So that guy that was uh, the mountain in uh, Game of Thrones come in and they can't even budge him and he'll put him down, and, you know, like nothing. And those guys are huge. Um, but that's, I, you know, I never saw William Smith arm wrestle, but that's the kind of idea that I get if he was like a world champion at one time. You know he probably had those abilities, and they just train, 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 uh, to strengthen that one thing. You know for for that. Uh, I um, like I some of the movies and TV shows and stuff that I remember most from. He was notoriously on uh, Gunsmoke um, with uh, James Arness, and uh, one of the reasons was uh, that it was so notorious was. he and his gang kidnapped Miss Kitty, who was you know Amanda Blake, the beloved madam or whatever she owned the saloon and in, in uh, Dodge City, and they kidnapped her. And William Smith fucking was so he was the leader, and he was such a mean guy that and and Amanda Blake's character Miss Kitty was such a beloved character on TV. Now this was of course Gunsmoke started it. It had. Um, Dennis Weaver, Burt Reynolds was on there. He played Quint, uh, the, uh, the uh, blacksmith. And that was before he ever became like really f- famous in movies and everything. And um, Dennis Weaver was Chester. They didn't even have Festus at the time. And, um, uh, but that was in black and white. And then when William Smith was on there, it was when Gunsmoke was in collar. And again, that show ran for so many years Like 20-some years That, uh, you know uh, Matt Dillon and uh, Miss Kitty and everything Became so, so iconic and so beloved But William Smith and his gang Kidnapped Miss Kitty And then fucking William Smith Fucking shot her in the back <laughs> He he purposefully Shot Miss Kitty in the back To fuck with Matt Dillon So that's pretty cool <laughs> But William Smith goes back in the movies all the way to uh, 1942. Now, when was he born? He was born. He was. It must have been a child actor because he was born in 1933. So if this was 19, was I say, 1943? He was only like 10 years old. Uh, and, or 1942, so he was like 9 years old. The Ghost of Frankenstein. He played a village boy. Uh, and then, of course, you're going up through here. He's still a kid. And um, he had him down. He was doing stunts, too. So I guess he was he was a stuntman, too, at one time. I'm um, just going up through here to see some of the things that I remember him from. Because he always played, like, a really menacing character. Now, there were times that he played the good guy. Uh, a lot of times um, um, where he was... He played like on the TV show Laredo, which was kind of a bonanza sort of, you know, uh, uh, ran for just a couple of years. But still, he was one of the good guys on there. So he wasn't always a bad guy, but he made a name for himself playing, you know, menacing, uh, heavy. uh, But he wasn't just like like Mike Mazurki, the old wrestler, was in like 170 fucking movies. But he always kind of played the big dumb brute kind of a guy. Um, he was in Coogan's Bluff. He was in uh, uh, oh, the one with um, Charles Bronson, Frank Sinatra, and Dean Martin, the Western. I can't remember what it was. That. But anyway, um, but William Smith played almost like a psychopath kind of a guy. He wasn't a big dumb brute. He was just, he, he kind of had this, he could do this crazy look in his eyes and and just be like the kind of guy that would be like your worst fucking nightmare. I Dream of Genie. Uh, Batman. He played Adonis on Batman. Uh, lots of TV shows. Um, the Virginian. Uh, let's see here. What else? Uh, lots of um, old uh, motorcycle movies. Not a lot, but I mean, you know, he was in several of those. Um, Daniel Boone. Daniel Boone. The Losers, that's probably like the one, I think that's the one where they went to, the bikers went to Vietnam. A quintet of CIA trained Hells Angels take their special armored hogs to Cambodia and head across Southeast Asia to rescue and capture presidential advisor. I think we reviewed that on the show or at least talked about it. Uh, It also had Adam Rourke in it, who was in Dirty Mary, Crazy Larry. Uh, and they say they take their hogs, their armored hogs. But I believe when we watched the movie, they were they were riding dirt bikes because sure as shit are going to be riding like Harley Davidson's in fucking Cambodia. Uh, Angels Die Hard. Again, that's probably a um, a uh, yeah biker movie. Tom Baker, William Smith. Is that Tom Baker? who was Doctor Who. I don't know. Uh, let's see here. R.G. Armstrong. Seen him in a lot of stuff. Um but also he hit it big okay a darker than amber uh, that was with um, Rod Taylor that was the one where he plays Terry the big uh, tan bleach blonde haired bodybuilder guy who uh, is like uh, the guy that uh, Travis McGee has to um, take down you know basically figure out a way to to uh, fuck him over and, you know, uh, beat him at his game or whatever. And it has what was people have said over and over and over, or a lot of people have said that it was a uh, one of the most realistic and brutal uh, one-on-one fight scenes in a movie. And that uh, I think that uh, William Smith ended up with like uh, bruised ribs or broken ribs and Rod Taylor ended up with a broken nose and, they really did. I don't know if I can't remember if I had actually heard that they really didn't care for each other that much, uh, and Rod Taylor was kind of cocky. And plus, they were probably doing a little method acting thing. And you know, both of them are really kind of macho guys. And um, but it's a it's a pretty good movie. I don't know what kind of cut they have now. Everything I have it on VHS, and everything that I have seen online that was from other means is pretty poor quality, but it's it's worth a watch. But uh, I just wish they would have a really good, clean cut of it. CC and Company was um, uh, Joe Namath uh, and I think Anne Margaret. And, of course, William Smith was in. Joe Namath is the leader of the gang, and uh, William Smith is the like his second-in-command, but they kind of, uh, um, you know, he kind of wants to be the lead. I saw that when I was a little kid, this was 1970, and, uh, and I and that was at the theater, but I saw it on TV uh, when I was a little kid, so it was probably like 75 or something like that, and uh, it was just a big thing because Joe Namath was such a big thing in football and such an, an icon and such a legend, but he sucked as an actor, and uh, this movie was not very good, and I watched it uh, within the last couple of years, and it it's pretty shitty. Um one thing that I really know, um, okay, of course, Mod Squad, Longstreet, uh, but he was in um, uh, the miniseries. The The first couple of miniseries that I remember seeing was, one of them was Once an Eagle, and that starred Sam Elliott. And the other one was Rich Man, Poor Man, and then Centennial. Uh, but Rich Man, Poor Man uh, starred, a, uh, starred Peter Strauss as a, a, an... Um, uh Nick Young Nick Nolte and Peter Strauss were the the brothers and um uh rich man poor man where there were two brothers and um the one brother of course became you know uh, more of a, not a blue blood but i mean he 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 i can't remember what the actual storyline was but he he uh was raised and became you know became uh rich and had money and got into politics and stuff whereas uh, it was Rudy and Tom Jordash, and uh, Rudy was Peter Strauss uh, from like Jericho Mile, and and uh, 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 Nick Nolte was Tom, uh, and he kind of went the wrong side of the tracks. His their dad was a was a real dick. It was I think Ed Asner, and um, he was like abusive and shit, and he really did he really did not like uh, his one son Tom, who was Nick Nolte. And uh, so, anyway, Tom ends up leaving, running away, and everything. So he doesn't have the success that Rudy does. And it follows both of them. They they are not together, you know, throughout the story or whatever. And it follows both of their lives. And then, uh, but Tom gets on this uh, like merchant. He becomes like merchant marine. He gets on this uh, cargo ship. He's working on the cargo ship. And there's a guy on the cargo ship who is William Smith uh, Falconetti and uh falcon eddie is the kind of guy that when you're out at sea um he's like kind of like a, again when i said that he william smith could really play a, a real menacing kind of a guy that looked like somebody who could like be a rapist and just about do anything and uh in the show uh tom who is nick nolte kind of befriends this uh, african-american guy on the ship well Falconetti gets that guy down in the cargo hold and butt fucks him. He actually beats him up and rapes him. And so then Tom finds, because the Falconetti is is fucking with Tom, uh, and I think that he's he's well, I mean he's a rapist obviously, and uh, and uh but Tom finds his buddy and the guy's all beat up and he looks and he can see the you know the guy I guess his pants were pulled down and he's beaten up really bad and, you know. And he knows what happened, so he helps the guy to, you know, his bunk and everything. And then he goes and seeks out Falcon Eddie, William Smith. Well, Tom Tom Jordash uh, had been a professional boxer, and he was really good. And I think he, he it was almost like in uh, Pulp Fiction where Butch kills the guy in the ring. I think Tom actually killed a guy in the ring, and then he kind of went on the run. He, he uh, hated himself or something like that. So anyway, uh, that's when Falcon Eddie sees him in the uh, mess hall and everything. He's like, I know you from, don't I know you from somewhere? And he goes, "Ah, eh, you don't know me. ah, you, know, eh, you don't know me. Nick um, But um, he knows he knows him, but he's just the kind of guy that's like, kind of like a bully, and he has like a clique of little toadies around him. Well, so then Tom goes and challenges Falcon Eddie, and he says, you know, I want to see you down in the cargo hold right now. Uh, motherfucker, and, and Falconetti's like, yeah, you know, whatever. And um, he says something about uh, how's your how's your little friend or something. Well, then Tommy you know, is a piss and he goes, he he basically calls him out, calls him a pussy or something. And Falconetti like about goes crazy because he's sort of like not the same guy as Terry in uh, Darker Than Amber, but you know, still that kind of he's a big. Physical guy, wears a tank top all the time. You can see his muscles and shit. But he's the kind of guy that, you know, looks like he would... uh, You don't want to turn your back on him. He'd just as soon as stick a switchblade between your ribs or something. So they go down in the cargo hold, and Tom, Nick Nolte, and William Smith Falconetti uh, start to fight. Well, he doesn't know that uh, Tom is a professional boxer, and Tom fucking beats the shit out of him. It's a good fight, but Tom still, he knows how to fucking... Throw, throw his hands and everything and knows how to fight, and he fucking knocks Falcon Eddie's eyeball out. He beats the shit out of him and, and to the point that he knocks him out, but when they go to look, Falcon Eddie's eyeball is hanging out. And so then for the rest of the movie and in the sequel to Rich Man, Poor Man, Falcon Eddie wears a big black patch on his eye. <laughs> so that's the that's the Rich Man, Poor Man thing that I had to throw in there about William Smith. That's one thing that even when he died, I told my sister, I said, Oh, you know, Falcon Eddie died, you know. Um, again, he was also in uh Rumblefish, he played a cop in Rumblefish, um, uh, who was f- always fucking with Mickey Rourke. And he was in the other, um, uh, he was in the Outsiders, uh, the other Francis Ford Coppola because Rumblefish was Francis Ford Coppola, um, and the Outsiders was Francis Ford Coppola, and in The Outsiders. He played a totally different kind of character because he played a uh, a guy who worked in like a a nineteen, like say fifties, maybe early sixties, like grocery, little small grocery store. And uh, Matt Dillon's character uh, Dally goes in there and pulls a gun out because he's just lost. He finds out that Johnny dies, and he just loses it, and he goes and to rob a. Rob, this grocery store, pulls a pistol out and puts it right in William Smith's eye, like his eyeball, or right under his glasses, and William Smith is like cowering, you know, and he's such a big guy, but they have him dressed up kind of like in a a cardigan sweater, and he kind of looks like a nerdy kind of a a dad guy, but he still kind of doesn't fit. He does a good job of like cowering and everything and being scared, but uh, he looks like William Smith, and he's big, so, you know, but I, I, uh, what's his name, uh, Francis Ford Coppola must have liked him, um, Alias Smith and Jones, that was Pete Dool and Ben Murphy, kind of like a, a TV show, sort of like Butch Cassidy and Sunday's Kid playing off of that deal, Piranha, uh, what else was he in here, all Kung Fu, he was good in Kung Fu, I posted a couple of clips of him against David Carradine in a sort of a karate fight sort of a deal, Uh, And William Smith did actually study martial arts and stuff. He was uh, uh, in uh, the uh, movie 1974's Woman. They have a really comical scene. You can find it on YouTube where the woman who is policewoman. Was that Connie Francis? No, no, no. Sandra Curry. Uh, She kind of, they they are sparring in a gym on mats doing karate. And he, uh, she just whips the shit out of him, which is funny. Uh, and uh, this played for laughs. Uh, Rockford Files. He was in the first episode, the pilot of the Rockford Files. Uh, uh, Planet of the Apes TV show. I used to watch that all the time. Uh, let's see. Uh, he was in the Fred Williamson movie. Uh, you know, Boss N Word. You know, uh, the movie's called Boss. You know, I, I, I it's called what it is, Boss N Word. Uh, and he was the uh, main bad guy in. That uh going against Fred Williamson. Uh let's see, Gunsmoke. Of course, I just talked about that one. Jude Bonner. That was that episode was called Hostage from 1972. Um, Ultimate Warrior, uh, he was the main bad guy in that. Uh going he kind of had like some barbarian sort of marauders and a dystopian future. Max Cedo had like a little uh uh, group of like vegetarians and stuff that were peaceful and yul brenner comes and he's the of course the ultimate warrior and he's he's trying to help them and keep uh william smith's uh bad guys away and william smith and yul brenner have a throw down mano a mano which was cool kind of like the uh david carradine uh kung fu fight with uh william smith uh, let's see what else here. Lots of TV. Lots of TV. He he was on the uh, I think the last season of Hawaii Five O as Kimo, um, uh, uh, and he played a detective on that. And even though, like I said, even though he was a, the big guy and everything, he didn't really play it like a big muscular tough guy. He was a cop, one of the cops. Um, rich Man Poor Man, of course Falconetti, and then Rich Man Poor Man Book Two. Uh, Twilight's Last Gleaming, that was with Burt Lancaster. That was a pretty good movie. Hollywood Man, he was the star of that. Uh, and uh, Hollywood Man was like where he was, a, sort of like I was saying about uh, Jesse Vent being a, um, a uh, whatchamacallit, a uh, stuntman. Uh, Hollywood Man, Hollywood action film star Rafe Stoker has sunk $130,000 of his own money into his own production uh, but can't find legitimate financing to complete the film his mob uh, mob connected investor demands an exorbitant amount of collateral a guarantee that Rafe hand over his commercially acceptable film in four weeks blah, 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 blah they hire a gang of psycho bikers and William Smith has to take them on Jennifer Billingsley was she was pretty hot back then she was uh, also in that uh, he was in Scorchy and that was uh, was that Connie Francis yeah Connie Stevens I'm sorry uh, i have that on vhs i don't think i've ever watched it though william smith is in that it's probably lighthearted. seattle undercover narc jackie parker connie stevens uh is out uh to bust the drug smuggling ring commanded by uh philip bianco uh and i heard that one wasn't very good so i haven't watched it uh, and i'm looking at the clock here because i'm rambling on about william smith and i have like two minutes uh but again lots of other stuff including um um fast company that was uh what should we call it um uh david cronenberg uh we reviewed that one on the show i might find that one and post it uh, again uh and the uh wild times was a uh, tv western uh, that had uh the wrestler terry funk was also in it he had like a magnificent seven kind of a thing william smith was the leader i'm talking real fast here <laughs> any which way you can with clint eastwood uh where they had a good throwdown fight there uh Of course, um, Conan the Barbarian, uh, then the Outsiders, I talked about that, Rumblefish, uh, di-di-di, di-di-di. Um, the goddamn Red Dawn, he played the uh, leader of the Spetsnas, so that was a really good uh, uh, role for him in that because he got to speak Russian. Uh, mean Season with Kurt Russell, there was a scene, he had one scene in that movie and it was excellent, and it used to be on YouTube all the time and now it's not. I tried to look it up the other day, *I* the Tiger with Gary Busey. He was the bad guy in that. Uh, I'm gonna run out of time here, and I do have to cut it off in about uh, 10 seconds. So William Smith passed away. *Maniac Cop*, *Maniac Cop 2*. Um, I always loved the guy, and uh, like our uh, Will Smith said, you know, it seemed like he would almost, uh, you know, live forever. But uh, he was such a cool guy, and uh, he did, you know, he passed away, and he had a good life. So I'm going to have to sign off now. We're right we're at like 2 hours now. So uh we'll talk to you later people. Thank you. Bye.